Welcome to Back Pocket Life Story Podcast with your host Joe and Julia. I was born in Basra, Iraq, in a British hospital, and uh, my mother already had a few more daughters, three more, three daughters, and didn't know what to call me. So it was a British hospital, so they were singing God Save the King, and they called me Glorious. And then I went to a British school, they said they didn't like it, they changed it to Glorious. It was okay until the, uh, they started to hate the Jews, and then it became impossible. It was after the uh, Fog Hood, 1941, but there were very few Jews in our neighborhood, I think. Don't forget, there were 150,000 Jews altogether. We left in 1941, and we went to India. We shed a lot of tears, and we were scared. We left Iraq with just our clothes. We had to escape. Do you have any memories of that time? You were nine, right, when you left yeah. Iraq? Do you have any memories of, of India? Oh, absolutely. Or can you recall enter, like coming to the new country and what it was like? We went to an all-girls school. First, we went to a convent, to a boarding school. My dad didn't leave. My dad stayed in Iraq. So my mother went, so she sent us to a convent. So we adopted to, uh, to the new religion, which is a Christian religion. You see, my father used to support the convent in, in Basra. They never had money, and he used to support them. So we were very, very blessed that they really cared for us. My two older sisters wanted to convert because what they loved were the pictures of the saints, they used to put it under their hair, their pillows, because it was so wonderful for them. We have to say our prayers at night. We didn't understand why, but we had all those pictures that we were all praying to. I haven't thought about that for so long, my God. That must have been hard for you, to come from a religious Jewish family, and then you're surrounded by nuns. Well, of course. But we were not there that long. We were there just a year. And then we went back to Bombay. And how did it happen that you came to America? Uh, my father couldn't. My father was put in jail in Iraq. He lost his eyesight. So we came to America to, uh, to visit ophthalmologist to see if there's anything can be done for him. And why was he in jail? He was in jail because they thought he was uh, a Zionist. So it was part of an anti-Semitic um, exactly. wrong, pretty much. Right. And your mother was all alone by herself all this time? Right. She used to try and get him out of jail. That must have been hard for her, too. It was awful. I believe it. And then finally, America became a safe haven for the whole family? Well, just for my mom and dad. My other sisters didn't come to America then. They stayed behind in Iraq? One, two of them got married in Iraq. And one went to, to boarding school in London. 
and my brother went to boarding school in in London too. So you barely get a chance to even see your siblings now? Now, well, they're all in London now, so I don't see them that often. I talk to them on the phone a mm. lot. Thank God we have video chat and uh, all this virtual right, communication. Right, exactly. <laughs> it is, it's great. Yes. So you lived in a in a variety of countries when you were little. How did these tra right. transitions, what was that like for you for, for a little girl to, I mean, leaving, I mean, home, I assume, means something it for everybody. It was very hard. Very difficult. What was... Especially boarding schools. Why was that harder? Because you were alone. You couldn't be with any of your siblings. Because they were in, in other grades? They were older, yeah. Were you able to send letters to your parents or reach out? Oh, yes. Yeah. Do you still have them? I have some. But don't forget, all the letters were censored. Mm -hmm. So we were, had to be careful of what we said. Mm -hmm. They would open all the letters. In Iraq or in both countries, in Egypt as well? You know what? I don't remember if it was in Egypt, but I know in Iraq it was very censored. Mm -hmm. So what did home mean to, mean to you as a little kid when you pretty much didn't have a home anymore? And I don't think I even thought about a home. Because we really didn't have a home. And when you came to Egypt, I assume because in the boarding school everybody spoke English, you right. were able to communicate Arabic. You were able to communicate right away, right? Correct. So that probably made it a little easier. <laughs> Do you? It was. It was a lovely boarding school. Very, very modern. It was a British one, so it was very modern. They had a hockey team. They had a swim team. It was amazing at that time. Did you back then understand that your parents did send you away to be safe? I think so, because um, we had one day one Muslim girl came in with uh, somebody who was who was from Iraq, Jewish, was being hung in the square in Basra. And the girl was there in our in our school. She didn't know about her dad being hung. And it was very dramatic because we thought they can do that to my father too. So it was scary. Saadi Youssef is a prominent poet from contemporary Iraq who writes about Basra in his poem Dream One. On nights of torment and sorrow, its waters saturate the pillow and it comes like the smell of moss with green steps to touch my right palm with a jasmine sprig. Wake up. I am the river. Don't you love me? Don't you want to reach Baza on the wings of the pillow? River, I am awake, awake. On my pillow a drop that tastes like moss. It's Basra. So how did they start their new beginning in America? My father was very smart. He had money outside Iraq at the time. What was his profession? He was an import-export. He dealt with India, China. You achieved your education, Korean independence, in a way that was not ordinary for the times. Would you please explain that a little further? 
Well, being in boarding school and being in English boarding school, you followed the British education. And then we lived in Switzerland and we went to university there. And then I came to the United States and got my uh, degree in interior design. So I never stopped learning. Mm-hmm. Started my business and, and all finished. You started your own business in America? Oh, yeah. That's great. In interior design. Great. And where, where did you go? To which city? Was that Philadelphia back then? In Philadelphia, oh, yeah. Wow. Do you relate any foods to a feeling of home? Yeah, I still cook Middle Eastern food because I get very homesick for it. And my kids love it. <laughs> What's the relationship of your kids with that part of your history? Do they do they have any feelings toward that? Or did they ever express the wish to go to Iraq and see where you grew up? No, they never said anything. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at Claudia. Maybe she has, but she hasn't said anything. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> I would love to go back to Iraq because I'd like to go pick up our property. Do you think there's a chance to, to get some justice? I doubt it. I don't know. Because I understand that Iraq has kept all the records of people's properties. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. Did you have other family members who escaped Iraq during that time? Yeah, my mother had a brother. But a lot of them went to Israel, and Jack's family all went to Israel. Mm -hmm. But the people who had money went to Europe. So uh, I think my father had it well planned. So I don't, you know. How do you think your personality was shaped by those experiences during your childhood? I think it's interesting. I never thought about it. I think it made me more outgoing. I I'm never thought about it. It's a good question. I don't know. I can imagine that the fear or the anxiety of losing a parent could cause you to be a very clinging parent yourself because you're probably, right. you know, the separation anxiety. Did you carry that throughout your life? You're all right. That's right. Yeah, we've, I've carried it all my life, right. And being here and all my family is still in Europe, so I'm back again having these anxieties. But thank God for the phone. Yes. We talk to each other every day. So it's wonderful. And now during the COVID pandemic that you weren't able to visit each other, it's especially wonderful to see each well, other, right? It is. What is one? Well, I'm hoping I can go soon. I keep saying to them, I'm, I have a ticket. I can come anytime. <laughs> But it's so bad there, so I'm not wanting to go. Yes. <laughs> What do you particularly love about Philadelphia? You've been here for so long. I'm sure you know each and every corner. I love all the arts, the museums, the bonds. You know, I'm a member of all this, the concerts. So 
So Did Philadelphia does Philadelphia feel like your home? I don't think any place feels like home as long as my family is with me. Because it's irrelevant Philadelphia or London. It's wherever you have family for me. It's wherever I have family. I have suitcase to travel. <laughs> so it's always ready in the closet to go. <laughs> always ready. All you need is a, t a ticket, plane ticket. Yes, yes. And do you take your kids to Switzerland and to London when you go visit? I did. And now they're on, the, you know, my son is married, has a child. My daughter, Claudia, is not. But I go with her. I went to Australia and New Zealand with her. So, you know, it's wonderful. I'm very blessed. Loris, I asked you everything that that is on my list. That's on and it was wonderful. It was wonderful to listen to you and to hear about your story in depth. Do you have anything that you want to say before we say goodbye? No. No? No. Just just make sure we all are kind to everybody to everybody. Yes. Because I think that is something so important I can relate in my life. That we had a lot of kind people around us. That's a wonderful final word. <laughs> Thank you so much. But it's so true. Time. That is very true. And it's nice meeting you too. Goodbye. Say hi, say hi to Joe, please. I will. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Same to you. Bye, Gloris. Bye. Bye.